When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills! National Football Show. Welcome aboard. Appreciate everybody stepping in with us. You know, I was just telling Tone, one of the great things about talking sports, mostly in Philly, has been the fact that you know, post-Super Bowl, usually in a respected city, it's like downtime, dead time. Never in that region of the country will you ever go on the air saying this, I got nothing for you. Anybody who ever does that doesn't really deserve to be on the air because there's just a ton of stuff. I mean, the date's already. Check it out. What is it? Um, the Combines. The 28th. February, March 6th, then you've got free agency, March 15th, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern time, April draft, everything is right around the corner. I love how the NFL fills their calendar up and they are always on the front page. Seriously, man, what's the storyline in the NBA now that LeBron has passed Kareem? How many times can you cover a shitty Laker team? Or, or, or. A fading Russell Westbrook. Do I care? Look, I get him beat the Sixers, Celtics, and Bucks. I get it. That's a story. Sure it is. But really, Memphis and, I don't know, Orlando, I have no interest in that. Especially in a league that takes nights off. The NFL is always front and center. And we start with this. The Philly scrum. The Philly scrum, according to competition committee people, I called them, and I called the chairman of it, Rich McKay. They're going to vote on it, and you're not going to have the Philly scrum. It's gone. The Philly scrum. And you know who was behind it? Jerry Jones. Oh, Oh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys petitioned the competition committee saying that the Philly scrum, that's what they're designating it, is an illegal play. Quote from Peter King, it's not football. The Philly scrum, man, you can, you can guarantee if the Cowboys had been doing that, that would be the new fashion in the league. They're going to outlaw the Philly scrum. <laughs> because you guys 
were unstoppable. It's it's clearly one of the greatest plays. And I got to give the coaching staff in Philadelphia a lot of kudos for this. Anybody that can change rules, you did your homework on manipulating the rules. Good for you, man. That's a feather in Nick Sirianni's hat. It absolutely is. The organization came up with a rule and came up with a play that benefited them so much that they basically went Wilt Chamberlain and Shaquille O'Neal on you. They had to change the game. Nah, we got to stop this. Philly's unstoppable on fourth down. Okay? Hey, can you imagine that? Hey, the Philly scrum is going to be outlawed because you guys had too much success with it. Hey, just putting 300-pound guys behind Jalen with an already dominating line, that's not football. I think it's totally football. I don't have a problem with what they did. They came up with a way to manipulate a play. They benefited from it, and no other team could benefit from it because they don't have the horses to benefit from it. And because Philly has the best O-line and best O-line coach, hey, by the way, tell me that's not a Jeff Stoutland play. You got to know that that's a Jeff, Jeff Stoutland. I salute you. You made the National Football League designate the Philly scrum illegal. Kudos to you, my friend. I'm going to give you a Buddy Ryan salute. Wham! Holy cow. Jeff Stoutland. You are so dominating of a coach that they are trying to now hamstring you in a play that you developed in your offensive meetings. Way to go, man. That is fantastic. You know Stoutland came up with that play. They should call that play the Stoutland play. Or they should put that in the rule book, the Stoutland rule. (laughs) No pushing and advancing the quarterback on fourth and inches. I don't know how you're going to word this. No aiding of the quarterback or player. How are you going to word this exactly? So if you're in the middle of the pile and you get, I, I can't wait to see how the NFL words this. Oh, man. The Jeff Stoutland rule. Kudos to you guys, man. I saw that this morning, and then I called up Rich McKay, who's been on the program, and I said to Rich, I go, Rich, he goes, that's number one on our list. And you will not see that in 2023. There's going to be no more Philly scrum. Out. <laughs> oh, I knew you guys would get a kick out of that. Man. Man, it sucks to be an Eagle fan because I'm starting – hey, you know what? I'm starting – Tone, I'm starting to believe the bias towards the Eagles. I'm starting to buy it. I think I'm buying into that. I think I'm starting to buy into, man, that these guys come after you, man. Totally BS. I agree with you, Bob. Unbelievable. All right. So I saw some reports that Jalen Hurts' contract is going to be north of Josh Allen's contract, six years, $258 million. Not me. 
I am not paying Jalen Hurts six years. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not happening. I just told Tone this. And Tone, here it is. I don't care if you want to make him the highest paid guy in the league. You want to pay him 50? You want to pay him 51? You want to pay him 52? Go ahead. But I'm not giving him six years. I am not tying up the roster for six years on a dual threat guy who I'm not sure is going to even play 17 games. I'm just, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying walk. I'm not saying do anything. Jalen Hurts is not better than Josh Allen. He's more careful than Josh Allen. Tom Brady's not better than Aaron Rodgers. He's just a better quarterback. But he doesn't have the same talent that Aaron Rodgers has. It's evident every time you watch Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. Two things can be the same. Two things can be the same. Jalen Hurts is by far not a reckless player. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are. You know, Jason Cole said yesterday that Lamar's probably the better athlete, but Jalen's the better quarterback. Two things can be the same. Okay? Two things can be the same. Jalen's just not reckless. He's not better than Josh Allen. He does not throw a football like that guy. Is he getting better? Absolutely. All of that we've gone over ad nauseum. He is getting better. Could he be Russell Wilson? Absolutely. Personally, I think Josh Allen has more talent, even at his stage where he is, than what Russell Wilson ever had. That doesn't mean he's going to put the same resume up. That doesn't mean that. Okay? You know, and, and, and people keep going. Look at the turnovers he had. He still won 14 games. You make it sound like Josh Allen loses ball games. He doesn't. He won 14 and four. Somehow people have tied that he's not a good player into those turnovers. Can you imagine when they clean it up a bit? They may never lose. Okay. They may never lose. He's not a better talent than any of those guys. However, he's not reckless like those players. Tom Brady's not reckless like, well, I don't say Aaron Rodgers is reckless. He's not. His interception touchdown ratio is absolutely insane, and it's great. He's not really reckless, okay? But once again, I'm not paying Jalen Hurts six years. Absolutely not. Personally, I wouldn't have given Josh Allen six years. Just so you know, I'm being fair here. You know, Tone asked me the question. He goes, Sills, do you think Baltimore will trade Lamar? On draft night, I don't think so. I don't think so. But you got to remember, here's a guy, last three years, has missed a ton of football. I I don't want to get caught into a guaranteed contract with a guy who can't finish a season. I can't get caught into that. So I would look at what Tone said and go, well, I don't know, man. San Francisco goes an awful long way every year by not paying their quarterback and filling their roster up. 
Is that the right way to go? And by the way, the reason that, hey, how about this? You know, and I was telling Tone the reason why I'm not giving. Look at, look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr was cut. $40 million a year guy, cut. Didn't work out for whatever reason in Oakland slash Las Vegas. Didn't work out. Name me a contract. Let's take Mahomes out of it. Name me a contract that you ever remember where a guy fulfilled it and went the full distance with the contract and he got another one of these big deals. Name me one. Let me think. Name me one in NFL history where a guy fulfilled the contract. Tom Brady? Okay. Brady? Mahomes? I mean, Jesus. That's not Jalen Hurts. That's not Kyler Murray. That's not Josh Allen. Okay? It's not. These contracts never get fulfilled. And you're always at the end going, gee, man, look at what he's making his last two years on the contract. And you never get the money out of the contract. Those contracts that these NFL teams and owners put in front of these players, again, they end up regretting it. Look at the Dak deal. Dak Prescott, look at that deal. You don't think the Cowboys want to get out of that? Think about this. Brock Purdy went further than the Cowboys. And they paid Dak 42 million bucks to get bounced. Brock Purdy's 937,000. Not only did you beat him, he makes it to the NFC Championship game. Once again, I'm not suggesting to you that Brock Purdy's better than Dak, but his financial situation is just like I said about Purdy and Jalen Hurts. The 49ers financially are in a great place. They got to figure out the position. This is what's killed them the last seven years. Okay? Dallas, again, has to regret that contract. Bob says, Sills, he may not be better, but he is equally important, if not more to, more important. Hey, Bob, how do you know that right now? How do you know how important Jalen is with a loaded team? You've got to count on if Jalen Hurts loses his wideouts and his running game and offensive linemen because of the money that he's going to make. You have to be under the notion because watch this. They started taking Amari away. They started taking some old line away. The Cowboys got worse. There's only one place where a team got better. That's Kansas City. Kansas City lost the best deep threat maybe in NFL history. They lost Honey Badger. They lost a defensive rush end. And they still won a Super Bowl. You've got to be under the belief that Jalen can still carry his team with lesser talent. Are you sold on that? You think Kurtz can win 15 ball games again without A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and uh, Isaac Sayamalo and Miles Sanders? I don't believe he can. I do not believe that because he's not Mahomes. That's the dilemma on paying someone. That's why, again, I don't have a problem paying him 
between 45 and $50 million. That's not what I'm saying here. I don't want to tie my roster up and I don't want to decimate my roster. The key right now, and again, the restructuring, I saw people saying, the problem that I have with restructuring Slay, so you're going to give Darius Slay a contract where you're going to re- revisit his contract and you're going to try to get that cap hit down to zero on the 18 million bucks that he's going to make. That means this, with his prorated bonuses, you're going to hand him a $10 million paycheck? I don't think he played that well the last seven games of the year. And you're going to give that guy $10 million bucks. I by, by the way, you're kind of caught because it's, what was it, Tone? He's a 23 to $26 million cap hit. So you're kind of forced in keeping him over Bradbury. You're forced in keeping him. That's the dilemma. Hey, redoing Lane, I'm good. Redoing Goddard, I'm good. The kicker, same thing. Elliot, I'm good. Okay? Absolutely. Especially Lane. I don't have a problem with Lane. Lane is all good in my book. Not get, I'm not paying miles. And, 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 and if I have to do Kelsey on a restructure, shit, I'd give Kelsey the entire $10 million, knock all of his money off the book. I don't have a problem giving Jason Kelsey eight or nine million bucks of his $10 million contract. And even if he got hurt, he's worth being on the team. Tutoring a guy like Cam Jurgens. By the way, I thought about this and I want to bring this to your attention now. Well, say they lose Isaac Sayamalo, okay? Say they lose Isaac Sayamalo. I might want to think about playing Cam Jurgens over there. He's kind of small for the guards that they have had traditionally there. But I don't think I'd have a problem trying to put Cam Jurgens at the right guard position and get this, having him play next to Kelsey might be an advantage where you move him back and then the next year you end up drafting an offensive guard. Okay? So I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, maybe you put Jurgens over there at that right guard position if you lose Isaac Sayamalo, and he's also on a rookie deal, which helps your cap. You're not re-signing Isaac. He's going to make $12, $13 million. And there's going to – him and CJ are going to get a ton of suitors to go after him. Jack Driscoll, right guard. I'd like to give the kid Jurgens a shot. Why not? You drafted him in the second round. I would say this to you, real. Jesus, isn't any of those guys going to pan out from last year's draft? I mean, somebody's got to play. Right? Somebody's got to play. Somebody's got to contribute from that draft. And not just the backup tight end. Somebody's got to do something from that draft. I mean, put Jurgens over there. Let's see what he's got. All right. I want to throw this at you here, too. By the way, I'm going to talk about Howie Roseman here in a second. Jason, Jordan Davis sucked this year. Sucked. Don't give me he looked great. He sucked. Zero sacks, very little impact. For the 13th pick, do you, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to bury something here. 
Do you know who Pro Football Focus said was the most improved player on the Philadelphia Eagles this year? Not a quarterback. Guess who Pro Football Focus said was the most improved player? Who do you think was the most improved player, according to Pro Football Focus, on the Eagle team? Who do you think? Who do you think? Look at Danny. Right on. According to Pro Football Focus, Milton Williams in 2021 graded out 49.6. In 2022, 89.8. His second season was awesome against the run and according to Pro Football Focus, is one of the best tackling defensive tackles at his young age in the league. This is why, my friends, Milton Williams is going to be the starting defensive tackle next to Javon Hardgrave and not Jordan Davis. Milton Williams is showing more progress and promise than Jordan Davis. That's a fact. That's not my opinion. That's not my opinion. They're calling him one of the better tacklers. Here's the word. Really good against the run. Plays under his shoulder pads. Plays with leverage. Graded out one of the highest defensive tackles in the NFL this year for such a young player. Now, he's had the benefit of being in his second year. Let's see what Jordan does. By the way, I'm not going to put the word bust on Jordan Davis. That's not where I'm going. But it was a very underachieving year for the 13th pick. Very underachieving. Okay? Very underachieving. Hey, don't be shocked if the Eagles draft another defensive tackle in the second, third, or fourth round. Don't be shocked if you see that. The Eagles draft another guy in the interior because they're losing a lot of bodies in there. Linville Joseph, Adami Katsu, probably Fletcher Cox. Don't be shocked if they go with a DT uh, in the third round somewhere, somewhere in there. So, all right, let me throw this at you here. What would you do first? Would you address Jalen Hurts first or would you get your coaching staff in order? What would you do first if you're Philly? What would you want to do? By the way, I threw out Eric Bieniemy, So Eric Bieniemy is going to be the offensive coordinator in Washington. So you're going to have Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera, and Eric Bieniemy on the coaching staff in Washington? Jesus. Why didn't the Eagles look at him? They're looking at Vance Joseph. They're looking at the guy that I told you guys to look at from Seattle slash Chicago, Desini. I told you about him. He's a young and up-and-coming guy. I would not be surprised if they bring him in here in Philadelphia for a interview. I told you about him. He's a great young-minded guy. Okay? Okay, so look at so Eagle goes, Del Rio's trash. Really? He beat your ass this year. He took it to your Eagles this year. What are you talking about, Del Rio's trash? You beat him up in the first game. They turned around and whipped your ass. 
They hung an L on Philly. They hung an L on Philly. L. Yeah, look at, look at, 91 goes, yeah, we took it to them. Washington didn't make the playoffs, though. They weren't a playoff team. You took it to another non-playoff team. Congratulations. You beat another shitty team up. And then they turned around and beat you like the Saints did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> What's important? What do you think? Getting the coaching staff in order or dealing with Jalen first? What do you think? I'll get to why CJ was fine. What's important? Getting the coaching staff in order or addressing Jalen? I think it's coaching too, real. I think you got to get your, your your house in order first. Who's going to be your coordinator? Who's going to be the people that you want to put, you know, a system around? Man, if it's here's one thing I don't like about the Vance Joseph thought and them interviewing him. Man, he's a 34 guy. That means you have to put Hardgrave back on the nose. And the backup would be Jordan Davis. He's not a nose guard. Okay, he plays too high for nose in the NFL. He'll get drilled off the ball like he did in the Super Bowl. He got drilled off the ball in the Super Bowl. Jordan Davis had his worst game of the year in the Super Bowl. He looked terrible. He was terrible in that game. And you're going to put him on the nose? I don't think so. I'd put Hardgrave on the nose before I would do that. Um, I think you got to get your coaching staff in order. And Sirianni came out publicly, gets what he said. He goes, hey, man, so my coordinator offensively is going to be the play caller. That's not Nick Sirianni saying that. Howie Roseman's doing that, which means Howie's making the hire. Here's again one of the issues that I have with Howie Roseman. Why is Howie Roseman in the process of hiring an, an, an offensive coordinator isn't that the head coach's responsibility and the owner? How is Howie involved in that? I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the room to hear the guy talking, but why does he have any decision on what a coach is going to be on the sidelines on game day? Why, why, why have, what is that? If Sirianni is this great coach, you don't trust him? Yeah, listen, so Eagle goes because he's the GM. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure, I'm very sure Sean Payton's listening to the GM on assistant coaches that he wants to bring in like Rex Ryan. I'm sure that Pete Carroll listens to um, the general manager up there, Schneider, and tell he tells him who they're going to hire on his coaching staff. Absolutely not. Or Belichick. Or anybody that's anything worth of weight in the NFL. You think Andy Reid listens to the general manager on who he's going to hire as an assistant coach? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Nobody does that. Nobody who is worth a shit as a coach does that. Hey, what do you think? Who should we hire? You got all these voices, and it should stop with your head coach. 
the more and more I see how this organization's run, the more and more Nick Sirianni is a figurehead. He has no say on the coaches. He has very little say on the scheme. Think about this. If Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni has no idea what the scheme of the defense is going to be. If you're bringing in Vance Joseph, that means they could change the entire defensive look from last year. Think about this. What, what, hey, do me a favor. What was the Eagles ranked overall? What was the ranking overall? Even though I'm not a Jonathan Gannon guy. What was the what was the ranking? Tone, what was the ranking on the Eagle defense? In what they put up this past season. What was the ranking? I'm going to show you how lunatic this is. Tone said number two. So think about this for a second. By the way, John McMullen's going to join us in a second. I want to show you something one more time here about Howie and the influence he has on these coaching hires. So the Eagles were number two in total defense this last year. You bring in Vance Joseph. Do you have 34 personnel? How do you know your linebacker? Your linebackers have to be exceptional cover guys in a 34. They struggled this year covering tight ends and backs out of the backfield. You got linebackers on that team right now that could cover running backs and tight ends. If you play a 34, why would you change your whole entire scheme where you were number two? Vance Joseph runs a 34. That's who he is. He's always run a 34. And that's a predominantly a five front or a 40 front. I'm not saying the Eagles couldn't adapt to being a 34 with all the free agents. And the reason we are bringing John McMullen on is because there is a ton of question marks on the football team. And I want to get John's thoughts here. And we're going to play a little game of in and out. John, I appreciate you coming aboard here with us. And I've, I first want to get your thoughts on the Super Bowl and your just takeaway from what you saw at the Super Bowl, you being there and all, just your takeaway. Uh, missed opportunity. I mean, I, I, I thought the Eagles had control of the game at halftime. They did. They dominated the first half of football. I think that gets lost in, in obviously, the final result. And they fell apart in, in the second half. And, you know, there's a lot of excuses, but uh, – bad field everybody played on the same field kansas city played on the same field so i'm not buying that james bradbury at the end of the game look he admitted it was a holding so uh as as far as that controversy goes that's over i mean once the player admits it was holding uh, and he wishes he got away with it but he didn't i have no problem with that uh and the defense you know did not perform well four possessions would have been four touchdowns had not Jarek McKinnon be, be a, a savvy player and kneel down to essentially seal the game with a chip chip shot field goal. But I think the Eagles, and I think you saw Howie Roseman yesterday, was, you know, I, I don't want to say depressed, but use whatever term you want to use. He looked, you know, it, it, the, the loss hit him hard because he knew they were the better team. They were the more well-rounded team. They had them where they wanted them, and and they let them off the canvas, so to speak. And Patrick Mahomes and 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 Andy Reid got the big uh, 
right cross and knocked them out. You know, John, in the second half, tell me if this is what you saw. Man, and, and, and I heard the enemy and I heard, I heard Andy talking, and I even heard Jason Kelsey say this, that they started running a lot of crossing routes, and they really confused the secondary of the Eagles because they were trying to pass wideouts off back there, and guys were just wide open, John. I mean, some of them just passing it off. It just seemed to me, and you tell me if you agree here, that may have been the best coaching in the second half of that Super Bowl in Andy Reid's career. That's as good (laughs) – as I've ever seen him with clock management, which was always a thing in Philly with him, his situational play calling, they had to score. Like you said, they could have scored on every possession. Shit, they still would be scoring if the clock didn't run out. I mean, do you agree, John? That was just masterful. Well, right that, that, you know, I, first of all, Andy Reid's a great coach. So, I, you know, he's always uh, a great coach. I think the people that, that sort of, went down that route with Andy Reid were wrong to begin with. I I said it leading up to the Super Bowl. You know, one thing you know with the extra week is Andy Reid's going to have his team prepared. So none of that is any kind of surprise. You're talking about a first ballot Hall of Fame coach. So, uh, you know, I expect him uh, to be on his P's and Q's basically at all times. I, you know, I, I do think, it's funny because in Philadelphia, and I, I hear it all the time, you know, a lot of Eagles fans don't like Jonathan Gannon. And, and, and you hear this buzzword, adjustments. You got to adjust. You got to adjust. I think it's funny. I mean, people just throw that word out there. They don't say, what do, you, what do you mean? Tell me what you want to adjust. They were dominating the football game in the first half. So people say, well, you got to go into halftime and adjust. Not the Eagles. They were dominating. What are you adjusting from? They should have been up 24-7 if it wasn't for the uncharacteristic uh, Jalen Hurts fumble. So, uh, A, you can throw that in the toilet, that criticism, because that makes no sense. What are they adjusting to? But then you do have to, you know, as Jim Schwartz would tell me, there's no such thing as halftime adjustments because you're adjusting after the first drive. You, you know that from playing. You get you got to constantly adjust. Um, so that's number two. But here's the thing where I criticize Jonathan Gannon. He he was unconventional. He played more man coverage than he has all season. Why? Why are you changing in the Super Bowl? Um. He blitzed more than he typically does. Wasn't his biggest blitz game, but it was, I believe, top three. He blitzed more than he normally does. The Eagles got bitten on that zero blitz down near the goal line. And then you talk about, so you go through um, 19 games uh, and and you play one way, um, and all of a sudden you get to the biggest game of the, the all, and you play the biggest game of them all, and you play a different way. I, I would go NFL Films put out, for all these out-scheme people, NFL Films put out the Sky Moore touchdown when guys are mic'd up. Kansas City didn't even run the play they were supposed to run. It was it, it, it was a cluster you-know-what. It was yeah. Keystone Cops. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't line up right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was able to recover and get Sky Moore coming in motion. Um wasn't even the play they were supposed to run. So 
I think all these narratives sort of get blown out of proportion. Uh, back when the Eagles beat the Chicago Bears in the playoffs, the, the dunk, double doink game, Golden Tate scored a big touchdown for people that remember that. Didn't even run the right route. Didn't know the play, didn't run the right route, ended up well. That's what happened with Kansas City. So I partially agree. Andy Reid's a great coach. He's a great coach yesterday, today, tomorrow. The problem with Andy Reid is people criticize Andy Reid. They don't know what they're talking about. He might be he might be a Mount Rushmore coach. You know, he might be top four all time. He's certainly top ten. Um, and then you can sort of argue from there. But Andy's always always a good coach. Twenty two postseason wins now with that Super Bowl. Only Belichick is ahead of him in postseason wins now. So, um, John, elevating from within, are the Eagles just doing their due diligence? Are they really looking at potential outside guys? Or is it Denard Wilson and Brian Johnson, the front runners, to be the both um, coordinators? Well, Brian Johnson's going to be the offensive coordinator. That's, that's basically – a fate complete. Now you have to go through the Rooney rule. You have to bring in people from outside the organization, at least one. Um, so you can't just for the people saying, why don't you just promote them? You can't do that. You got to go through um, the NFL rules, but I think defensively it's more open-ended. Um, I think Denard will have a chance. Um, Sean Desai is a, is a guy they're going to, um, request to talk to he makes a lot of sense because he's a big Bangio student um you know i heard you mention a little bit about Banch joseph that's a big name people are going to recognize but yeah i don't think he's a fit um remember the eagles brought in jordan davis who didn't play that much but you don't want to shift you drafted him for a reason because yep. you're playing the scheme hassan reddick had a phenomenal year didn't have a great Super Bowl, but he had a great year. You really want to take him out of this scheme? And the larger picture is, you know, number two defense, number one pass defense. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because you, you struggled against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I think, <laughs> I think when the emotion kind of tempers down a little bit people realize this was a pretty stinking good defense i mean <laughs> this is the modern nfl i always say you know back when you were playing dan good defense could be good offense and usually did now it's the exact opposite good now offense you're just beats, trying to contain people John. yeah good offense beats good defense and they ran into a very good offense john the only thing i'll say about that defense that it's been a two-year issue that it's the run defense is still, I mean, they got a couple band-aids with Sue and Joseph. And when they got into it, I mean, and you got to think about it too. Eight quarters, John, the Chiefs ran the ball against the Eagles. Think about it. They ran the ball in two games against them for 360 yards. That's not what Andy Reid really does. And no. No, I mean, they yeah, basically. Here's the dirty little secret with this scheme: they don't care about the run. They don't. They're 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 fine giving up six seven yards. Now here's the problem: that the the whole goal of that defense is to limit explosive plays. And now, 
the plus yeah, twenty-five place. Yeah, and I, I, I've been telling people all week. If I, if I told Eagles fans before the game, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for one hundred and eighty-two yards. His longest pass play is going to be twenty-two yards. They would have been head over heels. They would have said, "Give it to me. We're going to win by two touchdowns." But that's not the way Kansas City played this year. This is not the Kansas City right. of Tyreek Hill when they were killing people down the field. They shifted their offense, and they played that way all season. They played the meticulous route going down the field. So they were comfortable doing that. And and I think that's what Jonathan Gannon didn't recognize. He didn't have to worry about the explosive plays uh, as much as he normally does, because that's not how Kansas city plays. Um, and I think he sh- should have tightened up the run defense a little bit, but the overall philosophy. And again, it goes back to Vic Fangio. They don't care about the run. No, you're, you're John. It's a great observation by you, but here's the only thing that I'll throw in on that. But when you play an elite guy like Mahomes and reads the play caller, and you're consistently in third and short, your entire yeah. playbook's open up. Oh, and yeah. that's why the middle of that zone was open up. And that's why he was 90% completion percentage in the second half. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's um, th- that's sort of what you're banking on. You're banking on, oh, you got to go 15 plays and you're going to make a mistake at some point. And they didn't make a mistake in the second half. They did in the first half. They didn't in the second half. You're banking on it might be a false start. It might be a holding call. It might be, uh, you know, what they really would have wanted, you know, is is a turnover. And 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 to me, you know, the difference between Super Bowl Fifty Two and Super Bowl Fifty Seven, because remember in Super Bowl Fifty Two the Eagles gave up five hundred yards passing. (laughs) The difference was the defense made one play. Right, Brandon Graham strip sack. One. They make one play. And they win the Super Bowl, but they didn't make one play. So, you know, people can crap on JG all they want. The personnel did not play well. Hassan Reddick did not play well. Slay did not play well. Bradbury did not play well. Hargrave did not play well. Uh, Gardner Johnson did not play well. These are the Eagles' best players. These are Pro Bowl level players. Every single one of them didn't play up to their standard. Every single one of them. When that happens, you're in trouble. That's what happened. John, I'm going to throw some names at you here. And real quick here, the, I put a priority list together. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's the priority for the Eagles to re-sign him? Uh, eight. Pretty high. Pretty high. It's going to be around 12, John. I think it might be higher. Me too. He's making 837 this year. He's going to be one of the most significant pay increase guys because of the base that he's making. And that's the problem. How high do you want to go? I I personally, what are the odds? This is another problem. So many players on that defense had career seasons, you know, uh, Chauncey being one of them. Can you really expect what he did? when he was healthy this season, moving forward, I think you got to be very careful with that, but you know, you have to trust your evaluation. He's obviously a good player. He's obviously a playmaker. 
the question is, he's going to be asking to be the highest paid safety in the NFL. Does he belong in that range? I don't think so. Don't How either. high do you go? I, I completely agree. Javon Hardgrave, Johnny's at 12-9 now. They put a three-year, $51 million deal on the table a couple weeks ago. That's kind of in the ballpark. It's probably going to be 53. If he gets on the open market, he's probably going to be around 15 million. Do you pay that, John? Um, I, I will say, if you listen to Howie in his press conference yesterday, he's, he was talking about the draft and he said, you know, it, it, the draft is more than a year process for, for Howie Roseman. He said, 2024, we're going to have comp picks. And what that means is we're going to lose free agents this year. He knows he's going to lose free agents. Um, Hargrave might be the toughest decision of all because he's a great pass rusher and he's a bad run defender. And people pay for pass rushers. And that means you got to pay a significant chunk of change for a guy who's going to be 30. And you just talked about the issues defending the run. That, that is a very, very tough decision. Problem is, you know, Fletcher Cox is also aging out. They're not going to want to pay him. Uh, Brandon Graham's on the same defensive line. He's aging out. You're not going to want to play, pay him significant money. So you almost have to bring Javon Hargrave back. But that is, you want that as short-term as possible. You'd prefer two years, at the most three years. James Bradbury, 29.5 years of age. Do you let him walk? Yeah, I don't think I, – I think if you ask me, the, the two most likely to walk is James uh, and Miles Sanders for different reasons. James gonna, is going to get paid because he had a great, great season. Um, unfortunately, it didn't end in the way he would like. Um, but he's had an all-pro season, was second-team all-pro, one of the best cornerbacks in football. It's his last chance probably to cash in with big money. Eagles just aren't going to be able to afford him. Isaac Sayamalo, John, here, I don't think he played relatively well in the Super Bowl. I, I thought that Chris Jones handled him pretty well, and they did a great job, really doing a great job against the run. However, I thought he played well the last seven weeks of the season. They destroyed the DTs for the 49ers. He's going to command, John. He's probably around five and a half now, and he's probably going to command $13 million. He comes out of the Eagle organization, known for a great old lineman. Man, I think 20 teams could have him start on their teams in this league. At least. I, I, that, I'd tick up a bit there. Um, yeah. He's a very Maybe, good. I, I was being generous, John. Maybe yeah. 30. Yeah, he's a very good He's a very good player. I think Isaac uh, is tied to Jason Kelsey. Um, if Jason retires – I think the Eagles can afford to bring Isaac back. Uh, if Jason's playing, they probably can't afford him. They're going to lose him. Um, remember, they have Cam Jurgens, uh, second-round pick from last year, ready to you go. You think they can move him over to right guard? Yeah. I think he's going to be a starting player next year. The only question is, is it center replacing Kelsey, retiring, or is it right guard replacing Isaac? Uh, in free agency because if Kelsey retires, they can bring him back. If if Kelsey doesn't, 
you can't pay Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey. Um, you can't pay everybody all no, that look, money. Look, look, John, 16 for Mailata, 18 for yeah. Lane, 10 for the center. That means you'd have to pay 14 or 13 to Isaac Sayamalo. I mean, Jesus criminy. <laughs> you're yeah. talking about the most – they may be the best line that I've seen since the Cowboy line, but you're talking about the most expensive. Hey, two last questions here for you. TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, are both back? Are one back? Are both gone? Uh, one's back. Um, same thing with sort of Cam Jurgens. Uh, you know, Nicobe Dean is waiting to take over one of those spots. Um, John, are you sure about that with him? No, I'm not. I'm not. I have more confidence in Cam being ready to play than Nicobe Dean. But I'm just telling you from the Eagles' thought process. It. Um, I you, they want to keep TJ. That that the question is, you know, it's a it's a devalued position. Um, how high are people going to go for TJ Edwards? The market will determine that. If if he gets too much money, the Eagles will bow out, and they'll probably try to re-sign Kaiser White and team him with Nicobe Dean. But they prefer to have TJ back and team him with Nicobe Dean. So um kind of depends on the market. I've seen some, I know Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus put a really big number on TJ. If, if that's out there, it's going to be difficult to keep. Seven million. Wasn't it something like I that? Was, what, it was over 10. It was yeah, 10, because, 11. Because the, the, um, the tag is 20 at the position. And I said this, he makes one point, I think it's 1.3 right now. I mean, John, you're talking a $9 million if he gets on the open market. Yeah, and remember, that's a position. I'm not going to give a haircut to Philly that much. Yeah. It, um, no, uh, this silliness about uh, team-friendly deals. <laughs> look, that's that's for you know the Tom Brady types who've made their money. When you're Jalen Hurts and you're going on your second contract, you're not given – any team discounts. That's your opportunity John, to make big money for the first time. I said this Edwards, to, same thing. I he's, said this to people like contract. John, I said this to people. Um, I went like this. I go, dude, hometown discounts. They gave that to you this year. Jalen's one four. Um, CJ's 800 grand. Your, your hometown deal was this year, not next year. The players aren't going to do that because yeah. they feel they gave it to you. Last one, John. Marcus Epps, what do they do there with him? Same thing, linebacker. You're you're probably keeping one. Um, you know, if if you get priced out of CJ, well then you got to keep Marcus um, and and team him up with maybe Reed Blankenship, uh, who was a big surprise. If 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 they get CJ back, which is what they want, then they'll probably let Marcus walk. Uh, so it. it you know, complex. That's what I always said. We're going to have complex. And what that means is we're going to lose free agents. So um, they want to keep CJ if they can't keep CJ. Uh, and timing plays into it as well. Like the good thing about Kel Kelsey's going to let the Eagles know to plan, you know, if he's coming back or not. So they'll have an indication and they'll know, all right, we can try to bring Isaac back. With linebacker and safety, you're at the mercy of the market 
unless you get things done before free agency starts. Um, and Howie will be trying to do that with TJ Edwards and, and, and CJ Gardner Johnson, because remember that's the type of player the Eagles want to target guys coming off their rookie deals, going into their second contracts. They're young. They're ascending in theory, although it's hard to imagine either of them. They both had career years. That's the problem. Yeah. They had so many players on defense that had career years to expect them to, to, to come back next year and play at that level. It usually doesn't happen. That's why we call career years, career years, because they're career years. <laughs> no, no. John, same thing with Miles Sanders. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, Miles is a pro bowler. I'm like, that guy's not done anything close to what he did this year. And there's nobody out there going to pay $8 million for Miles Sanders. Well, that might he, help at the markets that not there. And, you know, remember Josh Jacobs is out there. Dalvin cook's probably going to get yeah. cut. There's going to be a lot of better running backs on the market. And that might help the Eagles bring Miles Sanders back. I don't even know if the Eagles want to bring Miles Sanders back. To be he honest. was I mean, one of the easiest disappointments in the Super Bowl. John, I want to sneak one last one. This is about Howie and drafting. I said this, you know what? I went back and looked, you know, in the, in the time here, in the time that he was the general manager of the team from 2010 to 14 and then 19 to 23 currently right now, can you name me a cornerback that he's drafted in the 20 years he's been involved with personnel where you went, man, that was a great corner. He's great at making free agent deals. I mean, he, he got TJ Edwards, like a non-drafted uh, free agent. They had to go get Kaiser White. They cut Josh Sweat, I think, is developing, John, into a every-down player, and I like the player. I like him a lot, actually. I didn't at first, but I do now. And you get Hassan Raddick because you kind of couldn't find an edge rusher. I mean, you really feel he's a good talent evaluator when it comes to drafting? I think he's better in free agency, John. Um, you know, it, I, I think everybody has, um, hits and misses in the draft. I mean, you go back to the, the Dallas Goddard, Devontae Maddox, Josh Sweat, Jordan Mylotta draft. That's pretty stinking. No, good. no, no. I get it. I'm talking defense, <laughs> not the offensive guys. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's more in, and you know, how he calls it talent gathering season. There's more than one way to acquire players and like sometimes things work out right um you you think about last year with aj brown um eagles couldn't get calvin ridley they tried to trade for him um they Luckily. wanted to, they, they they wanted to sign calvin kirk got priced out of it jacksonville overpaid him they wanted to sign Allen robinson but he wanted to go play for the super bowl champions nice decision Allen. um <laughs> And they were forced, and I put that, they were forced to trade for A.J. Brown. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. When it comes to draft choices, look, everybody's going to point to Jalen Rager. You know, there's such, if the Eagles didn't take Jalen Rager, Green Bay or New Orleans was going to take Jalen Rager. I think there, there's this nonsense of, oh, the Eagles – Nobody else was going to take Jalen Rager. Everybody in this league was enamored with Jalen Rager and thought he was a first-round pick. 
or at the, you know, at the worst case scenario, bridge pick. Uh, New Orleans, I was told, was going to take him. Um, you know, he Justin Jefferson got taken. I believe the number was 22. Well, there's 20 other teams with chances, 20 other choices that could have taken Justin Jefferson. And guess what? You go back to that draft. They all said he was a slot receiver. Oh, he's just a slot receiver. You know, people people pick out individual picks, and then they go, oh, Jordan Mylotta. Well, you got lucky. Well, they did get lucky. But part of that is player development as well. And that doesn't count. Josh oh, no, developing count. him into what he is right now. And, John, to your point, I went back and looked at all the boards and I looked back at all the people, what they said about the second round pick a couple of years ago named Jalen Hurts, and everyone on the planet hated the pick, John. 97% yeah. of the people in Philadelphia hated the pick. That's and not now, true. 97 you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, John, to your yeah. point about Jalen yeah. Rager, hey, you may have missed on that, but you guys also hated the Jalen Hurts pick. And now all of a sudden everybody wants to revise history and go, no, man. I remember him. I loved him. You're like, no, you yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, here, here's how I judge Howie's job. They had the best uh, roster in the NFL. They did. Uh, so he's a pretty good GM. <laughs> I'll tell you, the hirings, John. John, think about the hirings and the assistants. Look at, look at this now. So you got a coach in Arizona. Frank Reich is a coach in Carolina. You got a coach in Indianapolis now. You got a general manager in Cleveland. You got a general manager in New York with the Jets. The front office of the Eagles not only lands on the right coaches, but the personnel people too. I got to tell you, Jeffrey Lurie, the more I follow the team, John, he's got to be one of the top five owners in the oh, National easily. Football League on landing easily. on the right people. Even Chip Kelly had a winning record. And look what he's doing at UCLA. He's turning that thing around. He yeah, was the they, lesser they, of all those you know, guys. They, they also have an assistant GM in New York and Brandon Brown, assistant GM in Chicago, who almost got a GM job this time around. So those guys are on their way. Um, when people look for stuff, they go to the Eagles because they know it's a, a well-run organization. You already have Kevin Petullo's got an offensive coordinator job, uh, interviews, excuse me. Um, Brian Johnson, the reason they're going to elevate him is because if they don't elevate him, they're going to lose him um, to offensive coordinator. Denard Wilson's already gotten interviews in Cleveland, and there was a, another interview that he got. Um, yeah, all of a sudden, people woke up one day for years um, – it was Sean McVay, right? If you if you ever got a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you can get an interview in this league. <laughs> now it's Nick Sirianni. Two years later, 10% of the league has ex-Eagles being a head coach. Two years. You know, Shane Steichen and, and, and Jonathan Gannon, and, and people can say what they want. Um, really sharp guys. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's hey, amazing. John, how come no interest in Eric Bieniemy? Um, He's an Andy Reid guy. I mean, like Doug Peterson was an Andy. Yeah, Reed typically guy. there's um, there's stuff dating back to Colorado with with Eric that's what I. Hey, John, you're the only person that has said that and is not afraid to say that. It's his background 
and it's Reed as the play caller. I mean, it's it's plain and simple. It's his background. All those arrests, pushing people around. I mean, firemen, the fireman situation. I mean, that stuff is all going to get brought up if he puts yeah, the main down. I, 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 unfortunately, I mean, from, from a standpoint of, of being a coach, you know, if you didn't have some of the other issues, yeah, he's probably deserving. And typically, you know, we know – it's almost a coronation. If you're an offensive coordinator for Andy, eventually you're going to get a head coaching job. Matt Nagy's going to be the offensive coordinator again, and he's going to get a head coaching job. Oh, he's yeah. going to get a second opportunity. Mike Kapka almost yep. got the Arizona job. Um, he's going to be a head coach soon. Um, yeah. Andy's tree is without peer. Um, and I get why people say it, but they, they don't know the history and they just, take the easy, the low hanging fruit. Um, and there's more to it. Yeah. There's more to it. Is it the Andy Reed tree though, John, or is it the Holmgren tree? Well, you can get, yeah. I mean, you can, if you want to go back and give, you know, Mike, no credit for Andy. yeah, <laughs> go back. Yeah. If you want to go back far enough, but it is Andy's. If you go back to 99, uh, his first year with the Eagles, Take some time out to to Wikipedia that coaching staff. It's freaking unbelievable how many. That's one of the best around yeah. that he put together and Joe Banner and him. Hey, John, thank you for spending so much time, man. A lot of fun, man. I mean, I got a lot of answers here on some of these players here, especially I know that you're around a team all the time. You did a great job covering the team all year long, especially on the post-game show as well and the pre-game show. Thank you so much for taking time with us, John. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Great John McMullen from Birds 365 in the morning. Make sure you check those guys out. They do a spectacular job each and every single morning. I thank you guys for coming aboard. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Hour number two, keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Hour number two, we're going to take a look at your general manager here. And we're going to look at Howie Roseman here. And we're going to get a proper assessment on him. Let's do it now. So I went back and I looked on the Eagle website. Because I wanted to make sure, Antone, uh, just to cooperate with you here, I went back and I looked at the time that Howie Roseman was the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a two-year stint, or excuse me, it's a two-term stint. Many times he was the director of player personnel. Um, under Reed, he had assistant vice president of football operations, which was kind of just a you know comment that they. Gave him, like I said, they put him in the broom closet. So from 2010 to 2014, Howie Roseman was general manager of the football team in his first stint. Then from 2019 to present, that is his second stint as general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. Tone, that sound right? I went on the website of the Eagles. And unless something's different, general manager 2010 to 14, and then he was put back in that position 2019 to 23. Let's take a look at him and his drafts and what he has accomplished in those drafts. 
So we're going to go back to 2010 here. And we're going to look at the players that he's drafted. Because again, John McMullen just said the draft is going to be important part of the process of retooling the team. Okay? It's not a rebuild. Because rebuilds are for teams that suck. Here's 2010. Howie Roseman's first year as general manager. Um, Brandon Graham, heck of a ball player. After that, Nate Allen. Daniel Tio Nusima. Nassim. Lindley. Clayton. Kafka. Um, Harbor. Sap, Owens, Coleman. They got they got Brandon Graham out of that. Doesn't sound like much of a draft to me. Well, again, you go on the website, Yale. It says he was a general manager from 2010 to 14. It even says it in his Wikipedia too. Then he took over from 19 to 2023. It's on the website. That's not what it says. Okay. 2011. 85, that's the guy I brought up. Um, okay. Tone, do me a favor. Let's, let's find out the times on when freaking the general manager was in control. Yale, since you know. What were the two terms of the years that he was general manager? Jesus, criminy. Okay? Somebody hit it here. So the website for the Eagles is wrong, and the Wikipedia is wrong. Really? And you guys are right, but the Eagle website is wrong. The Eagle website has this. I'm going here. Jesus, criminy. It says it on the Eagle website. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I'll show you. Hey, hey, Eagle fan, you want to be wrong? I'll show you some of these draft choices this guy's hit on. <laughs> I'll show you wrong here. Roseman, who served as Eagle's executive vice president of operations from 16 to 18 before being added. Yeah, but see, football operations is not the general manager. Okay, 2010, look back at, my God almighty. What years were Howie Roseman, general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles? Howie Roseman, Philadelphia Eagles, website. Full bio. Full bio. 2010 to 14, 19 to 23. Okay. Philadelphia Eagle draft choices. 
Yeah, because I know why now. I wouldn't want me to sit here and go over this list of picks. Philadelphia Eagles draft history. I got it. It's 2010, Jess. I, I, Jess, it's what it says on the website. Philadelphia Eagles history of draft picks. Here we go. Okay. I got it, Tone. I got the proper years. It's 10 to 14 and then 19 to 23. Okay. With his name as GM on the front door, Howie Roseman, Brandon Graham, Andy Reid obviously is influence in the room, but the way we know that in Philly, head coaches don't have influence. Since when? Andy Reid had influence over the GM? No head coach has ever had that. That 2010 outside of Graham was terrible. 2011, Danny Watkins. Who's that? Who's Danny Watkins in 2011? Who's Danny Watkins? Who's Jarrett? Who's Alex Henry? Who's Deion Lewis? Chasing Kelsey in the sixth round probably saves that draft. Hey, Stanley who? Haville. Wow. Thank God Jason Kelsey is in that draft. 2012, Fletcher, outstanding pick. Kendricks, who? Michael Kendricks? Vinny Curry, all right. Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, got him in the third round. You know, it seems to me, this guy does a better job in later picks. Dennis Kelly. Brandon Washington. The 12th draft wasn't bad. 2013 is maybe his best draft. Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz, Benny Logan, Matt Barkley. The two top guys, obviously. Lane and Zach 2014, before he was put in the woodshed, Marcus Smith, terrible. Jordan Matthews, Josh Huff, Jalen Watkins, Ed Reynolds. 14 draft sucked. Go to 19 now. Andre Dillard, bust. Miles Sanders, very good. Whiteside, terrible. Miller and Thorson. 2020, Rager, Jalen Hurts, Devon Taylor, Kayvon Wallace, Jack Driscoll, not bad, Swiss Army Knife. 
Sean Bradley, Quez Watkins blows. Two thousand twenty-one. Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams. This is turning out to be a great draft. Kenneth Gainwell. This twenty-one draft is maybe his best. Last year yet to be determined. What would you give Howie Roseman as a grade as a talent evaluator? What would you say his, what would you give him as a guy who is going to have to build his team through the draft this year and not through free agency because the quarterback salary? A C? I don't think it's a D, Chris. Because there's a couple Hall of Famers in there. Got to be fair. Got to be fair. There's a couple Hall of Famers in there. And some productive players. Brandon Graham, very productive. Milton Williams is turning out to be somebody. Yale goes, I think Howie's of top five GM. That's not really the question I asked. I asked him as a talent evaluator for the draft. C plus. Watch this. To Yale's point, though. Yale, watch this. So if Howie Roseman's a C-plus in talent evaluation when it comes to the NFL draft, as a free agent guy, he's an A. So you're probably talking about a guy as a general manager when it comes to being a personnel guy for both free agency and the draft. You got a general manager that pretty much gets a B for being a complete talent evaluator? Is that someone you would trust with a with a grade of a B? Yeah. That's not bad. He's an A for cutting deals. And and and, and Tone just goes like this. Hey, guess what? You can't be great at you can't be great at everything. It's true. There's so few guys that are good at both free agency. Well, wait a minute. I, I think Ozzie Newsom is or was. I, th- I think Ozzie Newsom, in my opinion, as a general manager at finding talent, okay, like Suggs and Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and Bryant McKinney and Jamal Lewis. You know what I'm saying? And then making deals for Rod Woodson, Deion Sanders. Anquan Bolden. I thought Ozzy was probably the best general manager. Okay? Probably the best general manager that we've had in the last 25 years. I thought he was an exceptional defensive guy. His mentality. And he was a Hall of Fame player, too, with the Browns. Okay? The Niners... The the Niners are doing very well, too. I think John Lynch is doing a really great job. But here's the problem with John Lynch. I mean, who's that kid they drafted from Stanford at defensive line? That is now, I think, with the Raiders. Who's that guy they drafted instead of taking Christian McCaffrey? Who was that dude? They took a D lineman, Solomon something. I, I don't know what. Solomon something comes to mind. And they drafted this defensive lineman out of Stanford, and he stunk. 
And it was like a third pick or something like that. It was a really high pick. Uh, Solomon Thomas, he was terrible. And that was like John Lynch's first Solomon Thomas. He was terrible. I mean, yeah, they all miss. And guess what? And, and, And at the end of the day, you go back, and I guess what you do here for a general manager, you kind of put it all together. Because... Like Yale says, top five general manager. How about this, Yale? Watch this. Howie Roseman. You know what? And somebody brought something up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I clarify it when it comes to, you know, it's not so much that Howie Roseman helps pick the head coach or the head coaches and assistant coaches. It's the fact that you undermine your head coach. That's my take on that. Sirianni has no say. Your head football coach is an interchangeable part in Howie's world. That's my point. You're right. He goes, wait a minute. Silio's killing Howie Roseman for picking the assistant coaches, and he's been pretty right on him. But what you do is you undermine your head coach in the process. You clip his wings. Okay? You clip his wings. That's my take. Uh, Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni has no say. He may have some input, but he has no say in who these coordinators are going to be. Has none, because why? The guy who's going to put the talent around who he hires at these coordinators, it's not Sirianni. It's Nick. It's Nick that's going to be doing this. Okay, I mean, it's 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 Howie that's going to be putting. All of these guys around a scheme that Nick's just going to be coaching. Nick's not going to pick a 34-43 because how he's going to sit down with the new coach. This is where we're going here. See, basically what he does, Howie, he creates three head coaches in one. Jonathan Gannon worked with Nick Sirianni, but Jonathan Gannon worked for Howie Roseman. Here's here's the example. They couldn't stop the run. He didn't go to Nick. He went to Howie. They brought Linville Joseph and Adama Katsu in. They didn't do anything schematically. They didn't they didn't do anything schematically to and and actually as a matter of fact, they never righted it. They never fixed the run defense. Right? They never fixed it because the coordinator couldn't. He went to Howie. Hey, we got it. We got. We got it. We got to get some people in here because we're not able to stop the run. I mean, they didn't Dan Quinn it. They went to Howie Roseman. This is Howie's show. Now to Yale's point. Okay, watch this. How's Howie at making trades for like AJ Brown? And watch this: AJ Brown, Darius Slay. Right? That's a pretty good moves there. And you somehow recouped a pick you gave to Tennessee through New Orleans, so we have two first rounders. So think about what you did. You picked up a top flight player, could have been the biggest impact player on trades of anybody in this past season. Was AJ Brown going to the Eagles? I'm trying to think, was there anybody on Kansas City? 
that had a bigger impact than A.J. Brown? I'm trying to think in San Francisco. They went further. McCaffrey was a big impact, no question about it. A.J. was a bigger impact, though. Darius Slay, they stole him from the Lions and Matt Patricia. They stole this guy. So when it comes to making deals like this, how he gets an A, man. Look at the free agents. Like, like John McMullen just said, look at, look at all these guys having career years. It's his best free. It's one of the greatest free agent classes I've ever seen go into a team and have the impact. Raddick, Bradbury, um, CJ Gardner, um, all these, I mean, Kaiser White, all these guys, all of these guys all panned out. Okay, all panned out. G says, Sills, would you agree our defense was all style, no substance? G, here's my problem with your defense this year, and it wasn't who they were. They never validated themselves. Kansas City exposed them. Here's, here's who they are. Don't ever tell me that you had the best corners in the NFL when you don't play man coverage. And when you tried playing man coverage, like John said, in the Super Bowl, you were killed. They confused themselves. They did something that they untraditionally do. They played man coverage where they didn't play it all year. And Andy Reid schemed them to death. Running crossing routes, they were so confused in the secondary. Guys are coming wide open. Juju Smith-Schuster's not that good. Juju Smith-Schuster belongs in the Canadian League. He belongs in the Canadian League. They were not. And by the way, you're going to play, pay Darius Slay $18 million this coming year to play center field? Man, what a waste of money. I'd rather have a lesser guy back there at lesser dime. That's what the Chiefs, that's what the Chiefs did. Chiefs put two rookie guys on the corners because they lost them in free agency. They put two rookies on rookie deals. Kansas City's defense may not be spectacular, but it's good enough with Mahomes on the other end. It's good enough to win a Super Bowl. They proved that. Kansas City has nowhere near the roster the 2022 Eagles had. Nowhere near it. It was good enough to beat, you know, because you know why fundamentally? Gee, fundamentally, they couldn't stop the run and they can't play man coverage. That's why Mahomes in the second half of that Super Bowl had a 90% completion percentage. He was completing, he could have completed passes with a blindfold. They couldn't stop him. And like I said a couple days ago, one of the things that was evident in that game, the only incomplete pass he had in the second half was a throwaway. So watch this. Talent evaluation on the draft. C plus. I'm starting to think that's not that bad a grade now. How about his evaluation on coordinators? He did get dug right. Right? He was part of that process. He had to be. Had to be part of the process of getting Frank Reich in the building. I don't know. I think that's an A too. Free agency? I think that's an A. Balancing the cap, that's an A2. So Yale, to your point, 
making trades, gathering draft picks, A, college drafting, C+. Free agency, bringing free agents in, A. Pro personnel and hiring assistant coaches. The only problem that you have with all this, what's the problem that you have with Howie, all of this? Watch this. Hiring coaches. Involved in pro personnel. Involved in college personnel. Involved in salary cap. What's the problem that you have with this? You got this guy involved in every single aspect of your football team. And your coaching staff which is the direct developer of the talent that's in the locker room. Remember some of you guys, it's total control. It totally is, Danny. But wait, before we sit here and cast a stone at it, this is why having a guy like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox in the building, you have to understand this because I agree with you guys. I think they respect Nick Sirianni in the building, and I think the players respect him. Because you know why I think the players, and I don't, hey, okay, it, it is ego. It is ego. But wait a minute, guys. Before we throw a stone at Howie on this, the players in the building, especially this team, do we not agree? They know that Nick works for Howie. And Nick is cool with being in a submissive role in that. And Nick works his ass off and works just as hard as the players to get you ready for Sundays. That the players in that locker room respect that. You bring a whole new crew in and you bring a whole new free agency group in, do they know that? Do they know that? Because a, a, a blind man could walk into that locker room and go, this guy has no say like they do in Dallas. See, when, when free agents and rookies walk into Dallas's locker room, they have no respect for Mike McCarthy. But in Philly, you know what they've done? They've created, and I mean the players, have created respect for Nick. That's the Eagle way. That's different than Dallas. Dallas has no respect for anybody in that building but Jerry Jones. Here, watch this. The face of the franchise in Dallas is Jerry. The face of the franchise in Philly is Jalen Hurts. The face of the franchise in Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes. The face of the franchise in Cincinnati is Joe Burrow, Allen in Buffalo, Wilson in Denver. The only place on the planet that you have that dynamic is in Dallas. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. 
Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howie and everyone in that building has made the environment so. Look, Nick doesn't really have a lot of say, but we really like Nick. And the players respect Nick. And that's what makes it work. So if you bring in a brand new crew that doesn't know that dynamic, and you guys keep saying, we're going to move off of Fletcher Cox and we're going to move off of Brandon Graham, and we're going to move off of some of the guys who have been here a bit. Man, that's a tough putt because you want to keep that continuity going in the building. You want to make sure everyone that walks in to that locker room understands the Eagle way. They've developed something here. You, it, it, you can feel it. It's, it they've, they've developed it. Actually, if you think about it, they did it right after Doug Peterson. They weren't going to go down that route again. Because they had two horrible divorces, one with Chip and one with Doug. Doug was tough because you know why? Doug is a successful coach. He's a great coach. Okay? Personally, I think Brandon Graham is coming back. I think Brandon Graham will be back, and I think he's needed with all the new faces that are coming into the building. I think he's needed. I got my top 10 teams. Final poll of the top 10 teams in the NFL. I'm going to do that next. Also, the most improved players in the NFC East. I have that list as well. I Top of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about Jalen's contract here. I want to get to the top teams. Here is my top 10 list for NFL teams and the final poll for the 2022-23 NFL season. Number 10, I've got the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers had an up-and-down season. They've got a well of a quarterback. I think Brandon Staley has to be replaced as head coach, but that's not what the Spanoses do. You know, here, I'll show you something here. If there's an organization that can't get coaches right, it's the Chargers. If there's an organization that understands the process of hiring coaches, it's Philly. The Spanos family can't get the head coach right. They've never gotten it right. Brandon Staley's not right. Lynn wasn't right. Mike McCoy wasn't right. North Turner wasn't right. 
Shit, Marty Schottenheimer was 14-2 and two and they fired him. I mean, they've never gotten ahead. Maybe Coriel was the only guy in the building they ever got right. Number nine, Seahawks. What a rebound year by Pete Carroll and the job that they did. Seahawks are going to have a really good draft again. Um, thank you, Denver. Who would have thought as of right now the Seahawks got the better end of that Russell Wilson deal? They got the better end of it. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, boy, I'll tell you what, man, Denver pushed all their chips in. You better hope that thing gets right. You better hope that thing gets right. Great year by the Seahawks. DK Metcalf, fantastic receiver. He's in the same conversation with AJ. Uh, they've got some pieces. I love the kid Walker they got from Michigan State. I thought should have probably have won the Rookie of the Year award. But uh, they really did a nice job. Way to go, Pete Carroll. I got the Giants at eight. Maybe a little too high. But I put the Giants there. I think Brian Dable did a really great job of turning around Daniel Jones. I think the reemergence and establishing, once again, of Saquon Barkley was important. They did a great job there. They improved their defense, which they needed to, and they improved their old line. I put the Giants at number eight. I got the Jaguars at seven and rapidly moving up in the AFC. I think they're going to win that division, and I think they're going to win seven titles in the next 10 years in the South with Doug Peterson as the coach. You, you heard it here. How about this? Name me another team in the AFC South that you go, oh, yeah, they're – they're a surprise team. They're, they're, they're going to threaten. And they're going to be really good outside of the Jags. Is there anybody in the South where you go, yeah, man, I mean, what's the Texans going to do? What are the Texans going to do? And now the Jags are going to get Ridley for Trevor Lawrence. you got ETN. You're going to continue to put old Lyman in there. He's on a rookie contract. Doug did a hell of a – I'll tell you what, that Jaguar team's coming. That Jaguar team is coming. They're a good-looking group. Finally got an adult in the building running that organization. That's a good-looking football team. I got the Cowboys at six. And trending down. Why would I think the Cowboys are trending down? I say the Cowboys are trending down. For the simple fact, their quarterback's trending down. Jerry can't put good players around him. Isn't that evident? Now you got Tony Pollard. Can I tell you this about re-signing Tony Pollard? So Tony Pollard makes $836,000 a year. Do you know this? Zeke Elliott makes $500,000 a game. You're not re-signing Tony Pollard in Dallas. Tony Pollard's going to get on the open market because he's a cheap man's version of Christian McCaffrey. You can put him in the slot. You can line him up out wide. You could put him anywhere. Had a thousand yards this past season. Let me take a look at what his numbers were. I think he had a great year this year. Tony Pollard stats. And he should get, he should get Zeke money Had a thousand yards this year. Had 1,000 yards. How many catches did he have? Yep. 5-2 a carry. On 100, 
on 193 rushes. This guy had almost as many rushing attempts as your quarterback in Philly did. That's a heck of a year. That's a heck of a year. He had 40 receptions for 371. I thought that would be a little higher. I thought he was up near 60. He's going to get a lot of money in the open market. Dallas re-signing him? How can you pay Zeke Elliott $15 million and turn around and pay him eight? Doesn't make sense. But then again, that's the Cowboys. It doesn't make sense. I got the Bills at five. Won 14 ball games. That's a good football team. They need to get a running game, and they need to have a conversation with Josh Allen on protecting the football. Can you imagine this? That game against the Minnesota Vikings where he dropped the ball on the goal line and had a turnover was the difference between them having home field advantage and not having it. Josh Allen, all he had to do was protect the ball. They beat the Vikings. They would have won 15 ball games during the regular season. They would have had home field advantage, or probably they would have won 14, I think, because of the Bills and Bengal game getting uh, canceled. They would have had home field advantage. That was a critical mistake in the season for Josh Allen. That fumble against Minnesota cost them home field advantage. Okay? Got to protect the ball, son. That's your only Achilles heel right now is that you got to be smart like Hurts. Like I said, Josh Allen is a better talent than Jalen Hurts, but Jalen's smarter. And you can apply that to the same conversation as this. Aaron Rodgers is a better player than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a better quarterback. He protects the football. Not that Aaron doesn't, but Aaron doesn't in critical games, mostly playoff games. Okay, Brady doesn't fall in love with his arm skill. He doesn't fall in love with that like Aaron Rodgers does. And that's why Rodgers in the postseason, like Peyton Manning, they try to throw the football through portholes, and they can't. Look at Peyton Manning's postseason numbers. Down significantly across the board. Shit, he's 14 and 13. One game over 500. Wasn't like he was lighting things on fire. He lost a ton of games in the postseason. See, when somebody goes like this and says, Jalen's better than Josh Allen, all you got to do is watch a game. Josh Allen has a 10-time better arm. He'll always put up better stats than Jalen will ever put up. And Jalen's around a loaded team. We'll find out soon enough if he can do this. And by the way, we're going to find out a little more about Josh Allen because I do and I'm going to make the prediction. I think he's losing Stefan Diggs. I think he's losing Diggs because that $42 million contract kicks in this year. We'll see who wins. I still think the Bills probably win the Super Bowl this year. Won't be the Eagles. Not if you pay the guy and all the free agents that are leaving. Your entire defense is gone. Shit, you may have a whole different scheme. 
Why would you change the second-rate defense in the NFL to a 34 when you just had the success? Then again, that's Howie. They may turn that defense inside out. Think of that. You don't, here's your starters on defense. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Nicobe Dean, and Slay. You have no tackles but one, two. John McMullen just said it too. Look at relative. 34 needs linebackers, and the Eagles have no linebackers to play a 34. You have no linebackers to play a 30. If you had Roquan Smith on your roster, that's one thing. You don't. And again, you never have. Okay? Yeah. Jonathan Gannon was a great DC. Yeah, it looked at in the Super Bowl. Completely outcoached. Outthought. So tell me this. What, what didn't you like? <laughs> hey, we'll find out real soon. Allen's a better talent. By the way, I would never pay Jalen Hurts a six-year contract, ever. I wouldn't pay Josh Allen a six-year contract. I'm not getting caught into that. We're going to work on something. And if I have to franchise your ass, I will. And if you don't like it, I don't care. You can make 32 or you can make 50. It's up to you. But I'll franchise you. Three years in a row. You want to make this ugly? Jalen, I will franchise tag your ass for the next three years until you're 28. So don't don't turn this into some sort of pissing match because I will. That's how I would run it. I'd go to him and say, you guys think that Hertz has the leverage. Okay. You think people are going to pay Jalen Hurts $50 million? Where's that? Who? Kansas? Baltimore? They're not going to pay him $50 million. They don't want to pay Lamar $50 million. Why would they pay Jalen? Where? Miami? Can't do that. You got a $25 million wideout, $30 million wideout down there. And shit, the other guy's going to want to get paid too. What are you going to do with Tua? Where, 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 where would he go to get $50 million? Where? Name me a team. Tennessee? Tennessee's not paying that money. Look at Eagle. He don't get it. Ask Kirk Cousins about being franchised, you jackass. You want to turn it into a pissing match? I'll franchise you for three years. That's 32.9, by the way. That's 18 million off market value. I don't have to give you a contract. I want to. Three years with an option at 40, between 45 and 50, fully guaranteed 
here's your deal. Six years. Give me a break. And a guy who hasn't played a full season as a starter yet. Sure. <laughs> hey, and like Tone said before the show started, Sills, you think they're going to trade Lamar? How about this? You have to entertain trading him. Because here's your biggest question. Are you going to get $50 million worth of play out of Lamar Jackson? Are you going to get $50 million worth of success out of that guy annually over the next five years? How many people, what would you say to the percentages of Lamar Jackson living up to a five-year contract? What would you say? Jamison goes three games only, Sills. So you're under the notion that dual threat, that's not going to climb higher? Why would you think it's going to go lower? It never does. 155 fully guaranteed? Neil, I'm in. Neil, I don't have a problem making him the highest annually paid quarterback. That's not my problem. I don't want, I don't want to tie the roster up. And if you fully guarantee it, you know what you can do? Each year, you can go to him and restructure like they do in Kansas City. Do you know right now that Patrick Mahomes is under market value because he's restructured it? What's the number, Tone? It's like $42 million, right? Look at Eagle. This, guy's a, this guy is a doofus. Bro, they got... They went to the NFC Championship game with a guy making 900 grand. Jalen got to a game, one more game than Purdy did, and they're paying him nothing. It's not about what Jalen did. It's about what that team did. The 49ers won 12 consecutive ball games before their quarterback got knocked out, and they did it with a guy making 930 grand. So you want to pay a guy. So get this. Guess what Purdy did? Purdy got to the NFC title game, making 900 grand, and he beat a guy making 42 grand, 42 million in Dallas. And you want to pay your guy and cut your roster up because you want to do what? Pay him? That's not winning football. And it took a roster like Andy and Mahomes to beat that roster. The best team didn't win the Super Bowl. The best coach and quarterback did. Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Last two games without jail and offense was, wasn't the same. Offense wasn't the same against the Giants and the Niners. He sucked in those games. What, what do you think he was good? Jalen Hurts stunk in the NFC title game. He was terrible. It's the only game I've ever seen where the quarterback could blow out loud and you still put 31 on him. Crazy. Crazy. Holy cow. Tone, tone, get this. So look at what Mahomes did for the Chiefs. He's got a base salary of $5.5 million with the roster bonus of 34 You prorate that out. You could prorate the bonus out. 
That's why they don't take a significant cap hit is because Patrick Mahomes has a $5.5 million base. And guess what? In Dallas, Dak Prescott's got a $40 million base. <laughs> and no wonder the Chiefs, man, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. Unbelievable. Way to go. Way to go, Lee Steinberg, man. That's how you build a roster. They may be able to sign Orlando Brown now. I didn't realize, Tone, that he had a $5.5 million base. You want to hear something crazy? Patrick Mahomes' base is the same as Isaac Sayamalo's base. That is unbelievable. Will Jalen do that? That's the key to this. Will Jalen work like that, like Mahomes? Most quarterbacks don't. I'm not saying Jalen won't. I don't know. I have no insight on that. Okay. That's the mark. See, here's Batman. Batman. That's the problem with the conversation. That's the market. So you pay Derek Carr the money. Are you happy with it? If you're the Raiders, are you happy paying Kirk Cousins $35 million? Are you happy paying, uh, who, who else? Kyler Murray, $46 million? Are you ha- happy paying Dak $45 million? Because it's the market? How, how does that make sense? Because it's the market? So you overpay because it's the market? That's why the 49ers, and again, you guys keep missing the point here. The 49ers, the reason that they're always in the NFC title game three of the last four years is because they don't have this dilemma paying anybody except Boza, Warner, Debo Samuel. They'd rather pay a team than the quarterback. Shit, Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl. So wait a minute. So Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl, and so did Jalen Hurts. And Jimmy's been actually to three NFC title or two NFC title games. <laughs> Are you saying that Jimmy's better? No, he's financially more responsible. He's only making twenty-five million dollars. Yeah, you got to look at the money too. It's not just about well, who's better. So you have a. You have a $50 million quarterback and a $2 offensive line and no receivers. What's the point? What's the point? That's what I've been trying to tell you guys. There's got to be a happy medium here and a balance here to bring that team back. I showed you this before. Um, I said Jimmy G was more accomplished than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, having a better – Jalen Hurts has had a better season. How do you know he's not a one-year wonder? How do you know Jalen Hurts is not a one-year wonder? Like once. How do you know that? You guys were all sold on Carson Wentz. Wentz was like a two-year wonder. How do you know Jalen's not? Well, he works hard. He's a good dude. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is an asshole. He's a bad teammate. And he shows up every year and he puts up 
insane numbers. How do you know Jalen Hurts is not a one-year wonder like Miles Sanders? Everybody had all these – how do you know that's not the best it's going to get like it was for Wentz? How do you know that? You don't. I don't. It's a gamble. It's a gamble to put that kind of money out there. Five star, ask me if I'm serious. What's wrong with the question? How do you know that Jalen Hurts is not a one-year wonder like Wentz was? How do you know that? What propels you to say that? How do you know? You thought Wentz was the savior in Philly. Ooh, no, he wasn't. Jalen Hurts, I'm not saying he is a one-year winner, but you don't know. I don't know. You don't know. You just assume it. He's going to continue to get better. How is he going to get better when you start pulling players out from under him like a carpet? One of the things that Deshaun Watson hated about the whole Houston experience was what? Tone, what was the one thing that started the whole apple cart with Deshaun Watson outside of the off-the-field issues is when they traded DeAndre Hopkins away. How do you give a guy a $185 million contract extension and then take one of the best third-down receivers off the team and then go get James Conner? So they replaced DeAndre Hopkins in Houston with James Conner. What? That began the whole thing in Houston. It began the whole the whole unraveling of that whole relationship. Okay? Began the whole thing. But because you started paying somebody big money, okay? Remember something about the Deshaun Watson deal. The reason they can keep Amari Cooper at $20 million is why. Check his base out. And what he has in roster bonuses. It's almost the same structure. That's why they can manipulate it because it's fully guaranteed. I, I will make a prediction to you about Patrick Mahomes' contract. I guarantee you by the time everything is said and done, Patrick Mahomes' last two years of his contract, I guarantee you everything will be 100% guaranteed because they'll have no more room and everything will be guaranteed because he's back-ending it. Every time he restructures, it back-ends. Gets back-ended, more guarantees, more guarantees, more roster bonuses. All of that's money that's already then allocated and put into an annuity form. The more he restructures, not only is he getting and giving the team a benefit of the doubt, but you know what he's getting? The last two years of that contract in Kansas City, every cent of those two years, maybe $125 million, they're going to give it to... Patrick Mahomes, because he back-ended everything. Watson's time in Houston had a happy ending. Sure did. He got a $42 million contract. 
That's as happy as I could think. G says, Big Sales, name me three free agents you think we can re-sign. You, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to sign Gardner Johnson. He's going to be too expensive. He's going to be $15 million. You're going to pay him 15 and Slay 18? And the problem I have once again with Slay, man, I have a problem giving him a restructured deal. I don't want to give him any more guarantees, but he's got a $26 million cap hit. He is kind of now past the cut. See, watch this. Here's something else. Here's something else for you guys to think about. Okay? Here's, here's, here's something else you got to think about with, with Slay. He ain't worth his contract anymore. The cap hit alone. The cap hit alone. I know what you said, Joseph. Stupid. Okay? Deshaun Watson got over. Got over. Got a raise. $230 million, And it was a happy ending. How you doing? I got the chicks and the money. How you doing? And a raise. And the league clearing me. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a very good character guy. Don't take that up with me. Take that up with the commissioner. Take that up with him. Character? Since when does that matter? In the NFL. <laughs> when does that matter? <laughs> um, Darius Slay is not worth his contract. There's another example of a bad deal on a player at the back end of his contract. Okay? Sills would condone that, but not like Jalen deserves his bread. Jalen doesn't. Jalen deserves his bread. Okay, give it to him. I don't pay dual threat quarterbacks long term deals. Not going anywhere near that. Why did the Chiefs attend? <clears throat> no CBs in the draft worth the tenth pick. I think the kid Gonzalez from Oregon could be somebody that Howie he because it is a little light in the cornerback position. Um, that kid may go up the draft a little more. Okay. You that kid may that kid may go up it a little more. Okay. Seals always likes Pac 12 cornerbacks. Well, last year, I told you to draft a kid, McDuffie, and he's starting for the Chiefs. And this kid, Gonzalez, comes out of Oregon, and Oregon put out Kayvon Thibodeau, and they put out that kid, Sewell. Um, I don't know. I think those guys are good players. I think Oregon puts out good players and Justin Herbert. So, I'm, you know, when I'm looking at Oregon, Oregon put out a quarterback. Oregon put out an edge rusher. Oregon put out a top offensive lineman. Now Oregon's going to put out a top corner. Am I missing something? Oregon puts out good players. Unlike USC. USC puts out good players now? Where? Who? Not defensive players. Their defensive players suck. 
Wide receivers aren't the same. They've never had a quarterback in the NFL that was worth the shit. I mean, between USC and Ohio State, you can't name a quarterback. Carson Palmer, I guess. Oh, he was all right. I guess Carson Palmer. I would never. I would never draft a quarterback out of USC or Ohio State, including that kid C.J. Stroud. I think he stinks. <clears throat> the Garrett Blunt from Oregon, unrestricted. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent because of that punch in the face that he threw at that kid at uh, Boise State. I think that was during a regular season game. I forget, maybe at the beginning of the year, and he got thrown off the team. I think he played for Chip, didn't he? Matt Liner. <laughs> yeah, he was great. <laughs> yeah, he was a great player. Caleb Williams. We'll see. We'll see. That's because um, uh, Lincoln Riley puts out great quarterbacks. I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm, wait, is Jalen a Alabama guy or an Oklahoma guy? I'm not sure. Which one is it? Which one are you guys landing on for him? Is he, is he, is he a Oklahoma? Jalen seems to be a, a Bama guy. It looks like he seems to have more affiliation with Bama. <laughs> Reggie Bush. I said quarterback and wide receiver. And Reggie Bush wasn't that great a pro. <laughs> Reggie Bush. Phenomenal college player. Reggie Bush in the pros. I don't know. I think Mark Ingram had a better career. Mark Ingram. Thousand yard rusher. Won a Super Bowl too. Right. All right. Hour number three. Um, most improved players in the NFC East. I want to reset and a little bit more on our conversation again. Do you, do you put the coaching staff together before you talk with Jalen? Hit the like button. Hour number three. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, Injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Big sales hour number three. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Six years, 258. Or north of. That's like 43 annually. 43 is not a bad number. 43 is not a bad number, but. Brian goes, why did CJ Gardner Johnson get fired? Or excuse me, get fined. 14K was it? Helmet to helmet, man. That's what they called it. You, you see, in the NFL today, you can't hit anybody. So that's why they threw that fine out there like that. Six yards per carry. Dude, Eagles couldn't stop the run all year. They played a good team and it got exposed. Remember I told you, they played bums all year. They got into a game against an elite quarterback. He goes for 90% completion percentage in the second half. Whew. Then again, someone goes, but Sills, it's Mahomes. Yeah, well, Dak went for 80%. Dak's not Mahomes. Hell of a hit, though. I agree. Dak, I mean, hey, Dak went for 77.8% completion percentage. Right? Absolutely, man. Linebackers on Philly. Bottom five guys. Dude, but you want to hear something? TJ's going to get big money, man. He's good. Dude, he, he could make $8 million a year. He, he may get that. He may get that. I just think he's not a very good cover linebacker. I just don't think so. Jake West goes, they didn't call helmet to helmet. Yeah, but Park Avenue makes that ruling too. 
Okay. Car was like 80% the year previous. I know, but that, of course, Jonathan Gannon, what did he say last year? I didn't have the talent. But what was your excuse in the Super Bowl, you think? That guy, man, I now he's calling. Hey, do you see what he did to Jonathan Gannon today? Jonathan Gannon called Kyler Murray elite. He's doing all the, like the press clipping stuff. He wants Kyler to know he thinks he's an elite player. Instead of telling him to his face, he wants it out there for him to know that he's telling the media and everyone around the NFL world, hey, I think already I know that Jonathan Gannon doesn't think that Kyler Murray's elite when he says that publicly. That's not something you say publicly. Why would you call Kyler Murray elite? Why, because he gets paid $46 million? That doesn't mean you're elite. That's not elite. But he's what, what, what was the line you guys use? Market value. Get this. You're right. I never thought about this. Tone, think about this for a second. Think about this, okay, for a second here. There are certain quarterbacks that are in the NFL that are market value quarterbacks. And there's a few quarterbacks in the NFL that are elite. That's what you have. Some are elite. There are very few. And some are market value. Jalen's a market value quarterback right now. He's had one spectacular year. If you're going to shit on Miles Sanders for having a career year, Jalen had a career year. You're under some misnomer if you think he's going to do that again. I don't know. He may. That's when you start calling a guy elite. When they keep doing it over and over again. He wasn't very good last year. So this is like his leap from that year to this year has been remarkable. Has been remarkable. It has. He's proven a lot of things. Like, watch this. Let me give you my absolute honest assessment of Jalen Hurts. His improvement from the first year starting to the second year starting has more signs of improvement from the first year of Lamar starting and Josh Allen starting. And his understanding of the offense. You want to hear this? I think Jalen Hurts understands his offense better than Patrick Mahomes understands Andy Reid's offense. What does Mahomes say all the time? I'm still learning to read defenses. Every year it's a classroom with Andy. I'm getting better and better every year. I think he is. He's such a naturally gifted talent. Like Michael Vick was. Remember what Vick said? Vick goes, man, I didn't know shit about quarterbacking until I got to Philadelphia with Andy Reid. Remember he said that? Those were out of his lips, not me. Michael Vick went like this. Man, I i didn't know what it was like to prepare. I wish I had done this in Atlanta. Okay? <laughs> Progression goes always, Hurts is number two. Yeah, Geno Smith is number four. Is he elite? 
Geno Smith finished fourth in the MVP voting. Is he elite? Geno Smith went to the Pro Bowl too. Is he elite? Is Geno Smith elite? Well, Hurts was the backup all pro. Yeah. Geno went to the Pro Bowl, was in the MVP conversation. Is he elite? Geno Smith had better statistical numbers than Jalen Hurts did this year. Did you, did you know that? Oh, wait, Tone. I got to use it technically. <laughs> he technically. Geno had better numbers across the board. Led the NFL in completion percentage, passing yards, had more attempts, more completions. I think the quarterback rating was almost the same. <laughs> Duck goes, hey, Sills, you know, Gino had a pretty good year, dude. He had he, he had better numbers than even Brady, I think. He had some really great numbers this year. Gino had a great year, man. I mean, yeah, but again, how many people are going like this? Gino's going to get better next year. No, I get it. He's been in the league a billion years. And kind of Gino probably had his career year. Is he going to do that again? I don't know. I don't know. I hope he does. Okay. James, I know, right? Jalen had one good year, one great year. But don't forget, James, Carson Wentz had one great year. And they called him elite. The Eagle fans don't have a very good track record of calling quarterbacks elite after one year. Where do you come off now? Because you like him better? Okay. Something to be said about that. Okay. I like him too better than Wentz. He's got a great way about himself. But again, like I said, his overall assessment, one thing that the Philadelphia Eagles, like Tone said yesterday, the one thing that you don't have to do you don't have to go into the draft worrying about your quarterback position right now. I think you got to more, more so worry about, if anything, at the quarterback position, you got to worry about who the backup is in case he misses time because of the style of play. You got to get somebody that's compatible with that style and not have somebody like Gardner Minshew backing him up. Gardner Minshew's a value because teams need backup quarterbacks. It's evident when we see. Look at the Cowboys. A backup quarterback saved their season. Everyone needs to have one, but you have to have a guy that's compatible. And James, I don't like Minshew in the Cleve in the uh, Eagle system. I don't like him in the Eagle system. I like him in another system, in a, in a drop back system, but not in a RPO system. Look at what they did, man! It was a train wreck when they gave him the RPO system. In New Orleans, he was all over himself. <clears throat> the term elite is overrated. Look, like Tone said, for 2000, watch this, Tone. For 2023 and 2024, I don't think you got to worry about your quarterback position right now. Man, two years is 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 like a hundred years in the NFL. Howie's already working on the 2024 NFL draft. Do you know that? He's already working on that draft. 
he's already starting to look at some dude, when you, when you're drafting and you're putting people's names on a board and you're putting free agents on a board this is not a 6 month deal this is a 24/7 operation now because get this how many people see college kids fail you know those kids that you see on every february the first week in february and you see these guys putting their hats on for Florida Gators, Hurricanes, Temple, what have you, and you never hear them again. If that system is fundamentally flawed, what would make you think the NFL system is not fundamentally flawed when it comes to drafting guys? Building a team is very difficult. Look at Mahomes. Mahomes wasn't thought of that much when he was at Texas Tech. Okay? Mahomes Burrow Allen. Little one says Mahomes Burrow Allen. Mahomes Burrow Allen. I can't wait to see Deshaun Watson this year and what he does with a full camp, offseason, get himself back in. I think the Browns are going to be a good football team, too. Um, I think they got a lot of talent in Cleveland. I think Cleveland's going to win a lot of ball. I, I'll tell you this. If they land Derek Carr with the Jets, remember I said this, Tone, I think the Browns and the Jets are going to be the, one, uh, two of the surprise teams in the NFL and the upcoming 2023 season. I think Browns and Jets. Um, if I had to say some teams that I think have, like, turnaround years, I could see Browns, Jets, Saints, Broncos, Patriots, Lions make, I think the Lions make the playoffs. Yeah. The Jets are interviewing Derek Carr on Saturday. Derek Carr has been to New Orleans, and they're interviewing Derek Carr. I don't think Joe Douglas is going to let him out of New York. And I think Derek Carr is going to sign with the Jets because I think the Jets are not going to tolerate the guy who's in hibernation. I don't think they're going to go after the guy in hibernation, Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to go after um, Derek Carr. He's a safe bet. He's put up great numbers the last seven, eight years in with the Raiders. And to me, he's the safe pick. I feel more comfortable going into a season with Aaron Rodgers not on my team than I do on my team, even though he's a great gifted guy. I just don't feel comfortable with him. I don't trust him. I trust Derek Carr. Okay, I trust Derek Carr, and I think he could turn the Jets around. And guess, guess what that does for the Eagles? You took another quarterback out of the NFC. Think about that for a second, Tone. You take Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC, Dak and Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford are left. God knows how Murray's going to rebound. You don't know. He's not going to be ready till October, November. This guy had a complete ACL tear. You don't know if he's coming back until October, November, maybe. 
I mean, it's another – see, this is what I said yesterday to you guys. Guys, the roster, you may lose and may not win as many games as you did a year ago, but you might get just as far because there's nothing. It's, it's, it's San Francisco and Philly, in my opinion. It's San Francisco and Philly, and then it's everyone else. I don't put Dallas in there. San Francisco has the best roster right now, today, on February 17th. They have the best roster because they don't have any pending free agents like the Eagles do. Eagles have their whole defense up for grabs, and all your coordinators are gone. Some go, well, San Francisco lost their coordinator. Yeah, they were back in the NFC title game. It didn't matter. So, I mean, look, it's San Francisco. It's San Francisco and 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 the Eagles. And the reason the Eagles are probably, if you put them in a game with those two, probably would depend on where the game's being played. Okay, but the 49ers are stronger right now. And we'll see what the Eagles do in free agency because the 49ers don't have to worry about free agency. You do. Dibbin, I don't, I, I, I cannot trust the Vikings. I do not trust the Vikings. Okay. I do not trust the Vikings. Okay. 49. Look at Marge goes, DeMarco's gone, buddy. Did it matter when they lost the head coach of the 49ers or the Jets? Did it matter? No. They went right back to the NFC title game, won 12 straight games going into that game. Didn't matter. You see, the 49ers over the last four years have been the best team in the NFL. Or excuse me, the best team in the NFC. Man, the Bucs too. Well, well, Brady, Brady beat of the two years, the three years, probably the Bucs and then the Niners because the Bucs got a Super Bowl. Okay, the Rams shit the bed this year. The 49ers have been to the NFC title game three of the last four years, though, and to a Super Bowl. I mean, Sully goes like this, I don't trust San Francisco to stay healthy. Well, they were healthy enough to win 12 straight and get into the NFC title game. What do you mean you don't trust them to get healthy? Do you understand what Christian McCaffrey was on that team? You know, if you don't count the Denver game, where he had the playbook for two hours, they were 12-0 and 0 with him. They were 12-0. and 0. If you had a score and prediction who wins sales, 49ers or Eagles, today, you don't. it's not fair because you don't have a roster. I couldn't give you a score because I don't know what you're going to have back. The Kobe Dean playing linebacker instead of Kaiser White, are you sold on that? What makes you sold on that? Why would you take Kaiser White out for Nicobe Dean? Now, if you tell me, sales, it's over money, I get that conversation. But if you're telling me you think Nicobe Dean is a better player than Kaiser White, what makes you say that? He was no impact at all in the special teams this year. He stunk. He's going to be better on the starting 11 
on defense than he was in special teams? What makes you say that? Where where do you where do you find that where you put that out there? Is that a guess? Are you hoping? You have no context for that. Now again, if you start with me going, Seals, I want to Kobe Dean starting, you know why? Money, money purposes here. You know? And I'm, I'm, I'd be like, okay, I get it. I get it. You're right. Because you do have to have that conversation. That's why, folks, I don't think you guys realize. Do you guys know half the league and half the players in the league aren't drafted? Why do you think that is? Because everybody can't get paid. Do you know half of the NFL, half of the league, is undrafted football players? Why is that? Salary cap. Salary cap. It's not an eagle thing. The, hey, hey, wait a minute. The Philly scrum? Okay, the Philly scrum, I'm thinking is an eagle thing. <laughs> yeah, that's an eagle thing. The Philly scrum being outlawed, that's a Philly thing. I completely agree with you guys. But them ripping your team apart, it's the league and it's what they want to do. Okay. Looks like Bienemy's headed to Washington. I don't like that. Eagle fan. So they're going to have Eric Bienemy, Ron Rivera, and Jack Del Rio as a coaching staff. That's pretty good. I thought Jack was a good coach with, with the Raiders. I thought he did a nice job with them. I thought they were heading in the right direction with him. I like Del Rio. Jack's building a nice defense in Washington. You're working for a hemorrhoid owner. I think Jack's a good coordinator, man. I know him. He was a former teammate of mine. I like Jack Del Rio. Okay? I know some of you hate him because of his politics, but I don't give a shit about his politics. I could care less. Could care less. Has no bearing in my life what he's political or his religion, what he likes to eat. I don't care. Has no bearing in my life. There's no bearing. I just, I just care he's a good football coach. That's all I care about. Okay, that's how I judge people. I don't judge you because you're red or blue. Crip and blood, Republican, Democrat, never thought about that. Huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? I, I, I never realized that. The real is a real. He, he's a good coordinator. He is. Here's some of the players, by the way. Here's some of the players, according to Pro Football Focus, that got better. And I kind of buried the lead a little bit with you. The player who had the best impact for the Philadelphia Eagles, according to Pro Football Focus. Not named Jalen Hurts, no quarterbacks, was Milton Williams. Second season, heck of a run stopper, excellent tackler, tough player, played with his pads under him, has great feet. In 2021, he graded out at 49.6. 2022, 89.8. This guy almost had a 90% 
Great. Do you know that that makes me want to do this? Okay, so I bring Hardgrave back. I'm starting Milton Williams. I'm not starting Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis has got to beat Milton Williams out. But you see how he will do it the other way. Because you know why? Jalen Rager. Kept that stiff on that team how many years? Ended up getting a seventh rounder for that stiff. Should have moved him two years sooner. But the personnel department in Philly doesn't want to look bad. So you know what they did? As soon as they got AJ, they were able to move the guy because it covered it. How he covers his ass in his mistakes in the draft with free agency. That's what he does. Once he's sure, he go and he gets AJ Brown. Jalen Rager was supposed to be AJ Brown. Matt, Jordan Davis has to start, but I'm not handing him a position. I think Milton, watch this. Hey, Tone, do you agree with me on this? Yeah, how about this one? I think Milton Williams had a better season than um, Jordan Davis did. I think he had a better year. And since you're losing all these guys, I'm not putting Jordan Davis in the starting lineup because I drafted him higher. I'm putting Milton Williams in the starting lineup because he's more productive. Milton Williams was more productive. Look it up. He was more productive. Okay? So you have Hardgrave and Williams. And get this. And you're hoping and praying Jordan Davis beats him out. You're hoping and praying. But you know what I do have? Milton Williams. And guess what? Howie Roseman... Hey, I think Howie does a better job at drafting guys in the latter rounds than in the first round. And there's a science to that. Okay? There's a science to that. There's a, I mean, look at Jason Kelsey. What was he, a fifth or sixth rounder? What was Kelsey, fourth round? Right? I mean, Malata, a seventh rounder. Williams, a late rounder. That's good shit, man. That really is. That's good stuff. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name for the Cowboys. You guys know how to pronounce it? Kelsey was a sixth? Wow. Eagle fan. That's And he's a Hall of Fame center, first ballot. Hey, did you see Travis Kelsey's hosting Saturday Night Live? I can't wait to watch that. You know Jason Kelsey's going to be there. Okay. You know Jason's going to be on Saturday Night Live. I can't wait to watch. Williams was the third rounder. That's a high pick. That's a high pick. Suffer, thank you. That's Eagle fan. That's third pick, third round. That's a that's a high pick. That is. That's a high pick. Guys, I don't know how to say this Cowboy game. O.C. Ed Gawanawa? D. Lyman? Did I say it? Ed Gawanawa? Is that how you say it, Tone? Something like that, right? This guy had a... This guy did not look good in 2021. And he's a D-line guy. I know, Cal. Hey, you want to hack a name up? You give it to Big Sills. But the Cowboy uh, D-lineman graded out 68.2. 
the Giants, Dexter Lawrence. I didn't realize. Hey, guys. I didn't realize Dexter Lawrence sucked as much as he did in 2021. I see dead iguanas. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, Dexter Lawrence rated out 68.6 in 2021. In 2022, anything over 90s is insane great. 91.6. And then when the Dexter Lawrence got into that uh, divisional game against the Eagles, they destroyed him. Commanders, this kid, Jamin, Will, Jamin Davis, linebacker, he was terrible in 2021. Terrible. 46.8, better in 2022, showed much improvement. Okay, much improvement. Joshua says Milton Williams has been stepping up, which I believe he can take over for Hardgrave and save all that money as an interior pass rusher and big body. Hey, Joshua, you want to hear something great if they're able to do this? So if you let Hardgrave go, would you – how about this? Guys, I never kind of didn't put this together here. So what if you start Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, and you draft a DT? Not in the first round. I don't know. Maybe with the 30, 30th – Maybe with the 30th pick, you take a DT. Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, and you draft a DT. Somebody from the Southeastern Conference. And you bring back Fletcher Cox at $5 million bucks. So you could have Fletcher Cox. He's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to, 14 4 is not cutting it. Okay, but you come back and you go, Fletcher, here's five million. We'll give you three million dollars in incentive so you can make eight. You're an aging player. You're 32. You want to run it back? We love you in Philly. We want you back. But we're trying to make all this work with Jalen. So you bring him back at five with incentives. And then you start Milton Williams, Jordan Davis. You have Fletcher and you draft the DT. And get this. The most money you're really paying is for the experience of Fletcher Cox to keep his eye on all of this. Right? You're not paying Williams anything. You're not paying Jordan Davis. He's on a rookie contract, and you just drafted another rookie. And you heard what John McMullen said. Man, they really don't give a shit about that run that much. They care more about the pass. Okay? Hey, Cal. Cal goes, Fletcher was getting stood up. Jordan Davis was getting destroyed in the Super Bowl. He was getting destroyed. He got blown off the football. Okay, he got blown off the football. Hey, Brian, I get it. Probably going to move on from Fletcher. You're probably going to move on from him. I agree. You're probably going to move on. I mean, I, I, I completely agree. You're probably going to move on. Um, I would I would say this though. Make sure, on what I said in the second hour, make sure of this though. If you're going to move on from veteran guys, make sure if this whole new group of guys coming in, okay, 
Because I got to tell you guys, hey, you're going to probably think that I'm hating on this. How many guys do you think they end up bringing back? Gardner Johnson's gone. You're not going to be able to afford him. Stop thinking about it. How he's not going to pay $15, $16 million for him. He's not. He's going to command that. Co-leader in interceptions. He's 25 years old. Come on, man. Gardner Johnson is going to get one of the richest contracts in free agency this coming offseason. Hardgrave. Boy, I got to tell you, $15, $16 million? You really think they're going to pay $15, $16 million for a guy who's not great against the run? Okay? For a guy who's not great against the run. Look at Rowe. He goes, yes, he will. So Rowe is one of those guys that thinks that you're going to pay Slay $18 million and you're going to pay Gardner Johnson $18 million. <laughs> and then you're going to pay the quarterback 50 Then you're going to pay the receiver 25 You're pay your two tackles 20 <laughs> That ain't happening. It's not reality. Try staying in the real world here, guy. You ain't keeping Hardgrave. Bradbury had a great year. He's already told you he's not taking a hometown discount. So you're going to lose Chauncey Gardner. And by the way, let's not forget something. These brand new coaches. What's to stop Jonathan Gannon? Well, Des, let me ask you this. What's stopping Jonathan Gannon from offering Gardner Johnson a three-year, 18-per-million-a-year deal? What's stopping him? You don't own his rights anymore. You had no leverage over Gardner Johnson. He's not an eagle anymore. All these free agents are UFAs. Unrestricted free agent. That means the team has no ability or leverage over you. You're no longer an eagle. Gardner Johnson's not an eagle anymore. Say Amalo's not. He's at a UFA too. All these guys are UFAs. Restricted free agents usually means that there's some sort of like option to your contracts. All these guys that Howie signed were without options. What's his name goes? Gannon's system's flawed. Des says. Gardner Johnson was a co-leader in the NFL in interceptions. Wasn't flawed for him. He led the NFL in interceptions in that system. How's that flawed? Chris goes, our leverage is winning. That's not leverage for a player. Which is, I want to come back to win and take less money. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, yeah, okay. That works in high school. This is pro football. Nobody cares about that shit. They care about getting paid. They gave you the hometown discount last year. All these first-year guys, or these one-year contract guys, they gave you the discount last year. They're not doing it two years in a row, or in some cases, three years in a row. They're not doing it. Oh, yeah, you know, winning. <laughs> 
good old coach in college try. Hey, man, do it for the team. Team pride. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Team pride. They can go. We traded for They can. Let's see here. Yeah, but it was on a one-year contract. Got him from New Orleans. He's a UFA, dude. All these guys are UFAs. There's no restrictions anywhere. Hassan Reddick looking great. Hassan Reddick, you don't, hey, you don't have good interior linemen. He'll be back to how he looked at the beginning of the year. By the way, yeah, the field sucked. It was terrible. I couldn't get around the corner, dude. Please stop doing that. You sound stupid. Cheese played on it too. They didn't weren't slipping. There's two teams that played on that field. Remember, it's a neutral site. <laughs> that was an arrowhead. <laughs> Make everyone's making it like making it. Well, you know uh, the the Chiefs were able to keep their footing. Oh, okay. Their cleats were given the special cleats in Kansas City so that they could keep better footing than the Eagles. Okay. <laughs> Can the Jordan Davis turn into an alpha dog? Brian, I hope so, man. Yeah, hey, Sully, he was sliding. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kidding. He was. He, he had poor footing. I know it was. A lot of people think the NFL is like, replacements when the reality is more like Jerry Maguire, show me the money. You know, you know what though, Tone? I, you're right. Okay. But, but remember something, those guys all played on undervalued market deals last year. Bradbury played on an under market deal. CJ played on an under market deal. Um, you know, TJ Kaiser white, all those guys, Miles Sanders, all those guys were under market value with their performances. And here's the problem you have. They all put career years in, which makes it even more insane because then you start doing this. Am I really going to play? Watch this. Am I really going to pay James Bradbury 14 million? Is he a $14 million guy? How do I know he's not a one year guy? You know what I mean? Like Miles Sanders, you think Miles Sanders has a big market, man. I don't. At the price he wants. It's like a $10 million tag. Man, I, I mean, do you see Miles Sanders making over $7 million? Man, I don't. The guys you're going to have to worry about are Gardner Johnson and Sayamalo. Now, because you have the best offensive line coach on the planet, you, you move over Jurgens, or you draft, hey, at the 30th pick, you could draft either a DT or another offensive lineman down there. And you put another offensive line and you let Jason Kelsey and Jeff Stoutland look at a guy. They've been very good. The one thing that the Eagles have been exceptional at is developing old linemen. It's insane. The Eagles are the greatest organization I've ever seen in developing offensive line. It's, it's, an, it's incredible. I mean, Watch this. Andre Dillard, who I think sucks, 
and I don't like his attitude, is going to command a pretty good number. Here, what John McMullen said, too, about Sayamalo, there's going to be like 30 teams after him. Everybody needs O-lineman. And he's 29. He's going to make $13, $14 million. He's going to make a boatload of money. I hope Kelsey comes back. Yeah, hey, gee, the Eagles are gods. I mean, Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Travis Kelsey, this kid, Landon Dickerson looks like he's going to be a stud. I mean, Malata, who I think is going to be a staple at left tackle in Philadelphia for a decade. I mean, it. most teams don't have look – at, look at Cincinnati. They probably have two dudes that are worth the shit in Cincinnati. You got like six. That's unprecedented. Now you pay them. Now you pay them. Malata makes 15. Lane makes 18. Kelsey makes 10. I mean, you're paying these guys. All your big money guys, you know, your big money position is your old line. It should be the best. You put the most money into it. That's why it's disappointing when you see you put $63 million in your front four and you got blown off the ball in the Super Bowl. That's the troubling thing. Okay? Doug, Kelsey made 13 last year. I thought his base was 10. I thought his base was 10 million. I, I hope he comes back. And you know what? And you want to hear something crazy? I would have no problem giving him $13 million again. Because he put a $13 million effort in. He, he was a great football player this year. Of all the guys that had great years, you got to put Jalen in there. Kelsey, AJ, Devontae, uh, Reddick. Uh, uh, JC Kelsey. Sanders sucked in the playoffs. He was terrible. I, I, I mean, he was a no-show in all the playoffs. All of them. All three. He was a no-show. It was almost like he made a business decision. You know what I mean? Doesn't it come off like he make a, made a business decision? I mean, the rookie Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City outplayed him. Goddard played great. All right, guys, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. football show of the two coordinators who do you think has the better chance of success Jonathan Gannon or Shane Steichen who do you think would have a chance at better success both owners man I mean Bidwell and Ursay Really, I mean, right? I mean, you got to overcome that bullshit first. I mean, I don't think the Bidwells are malicious. I just think they're bad at what they do, owning a team. I think Ursay medals. But man, they just, it's almost like the Bidwells land on everything wrong. You know what I mean? Just land on everything wrong. I can't believe that team's made it to a Super Bowl. Was it Ken Wisenhunt brought him in there? Wisenhunt, by the way, was just um, hired by Alabama. <clears throat> Nick Saban runs like a rehab center down there for coaches. Ken Wisenhunt will be a head coach somewhere. <laughs> I mean, that's just what they do there in Alabama. They, they, they resurrect people. The reason that I say Gannon probably has the better success is because whatever you think of Kyler Murray, They don't have anything in Indianapolis. Now, I think they're going to trade up. And I think the Colts and the owner have already kind of tipped his hand. I think they want the kid Bryce Young from Alabama. He's already so much has said that he thinks he's great. I could see them trading up with Chicago. Chicago wants to target Will Anderson. And to me, 
the Texans, who are sitting at number two, I mean, they're not going to take a defensive end. They're probably going to take C.J. Stroud. So, I mean, that's kind of what I have. The Texans are going to take the kid from Kentucky, I think, with the number two pick. And that's where the Bears end up getting their guy, Will Anderson, at number four. Could the Cards draft? Cards need to stop the run. They do need a pass rusher. Um, could Will Anderson be a Cardinal? So you'll have Will Anderson and Kyler Murray on your team if you're Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon's got the third pick in the draft. I think the Colts are going to move up to one, and they're going to make a deal with the Bears because they need a quarterback. They, you know what? It wouldn't shock me if Shane Steichen – was promised that they're going to do that for him to get that job because the Colts have no quarterback. I mean, were they going to go in free agency and try to get Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is not going to Indianapolis. Jimmy Garoppolo going to Indianapolis? That's not something I think they're looking at. Um, so, I mean, I think Gannon's got the quarterback at least. You know what I mean? Gannon's got the quarterback. Chris, Will Anderson's not going to last till 10. That's where I got that kid, Christian Gonzalez, from Oregon down there. I think he's he he makes the most sense. And again, the reason why, you know, I I, I don't traditionally like to go into the Pac-12, but because it's Oregon, Oregon puts out really good football players. From quarterback to offensive line, to edge rushers, to corners. I mean, why do you think people want to play in Oregon nowadays? They want to play at Oregon. Why? They want the Nike deal. Okay? Brian goes like this. Hey, Dan, thank you for the show. It's helping with my grieving process. I'll tell you something about the um, Eagle fans. You guys had a rough week. And I know my boy Tone has too and his family and everybody. You guys have been all-stars, okay? I know a lot of fan bases that would be going psycho right now. But because the birds are your passion and because the Eagles are a civic pride thing for you guys, you guys handled yourself great this week. Kudos to you, man. You're a great fan base. You give people a ton of shit. And all of you guys defend your football team. And guess what? I like kind of tried in the needle, you guys. You guys needled me back. It's great. It absolutely was. You guys were 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 great this week. I thought you were all. I thought all of you were all stars. Okay. Pete, I I I I like Joey Porter Jr. I don't know he's fast enough though to play corner. I think he's more safety. You know what I mean? Hey, Chris, you had that game. That's Chris. That's the deal that probably kills everybody the most is that you had that freaking game. You totally did. You totally did. Mitchell, you guys had that game. That's a sorry-ass thing. Seals with Max contracts for each position help or hurt the league. You got to have a balanced roster. You've got to have salary cap guys nowadays. That's what Howie's forte is. You got to have salary cap guys. By the way, I want to say one last thing here. And today was, I listened to it too. 
and I texted him and I congratulated him. Today was Angelo Cataldi's last day. And Angelo is one of the absolutely greatest talk show hosts in the history of sports talk. You know why? He got it. He knew how to push your buttons. He knew how to pull back. He knew all the things to say, all the things to do. He was a master showman. He tried to keep his journalistic integrity as long as he possibly could. But when you do this, you can't. And can I tell you one of the most important things that you possibly have to do when you do something like this? Remember, I've told you this, Tone. Getting close to organizations and getting close to players and getting close to coaches, it's a mistake because you can't be genuine then with your takes because your friendships and everything come into play. It's like my daughter when she goes, hey, Dad, see Michael Irvin again? Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Right? <clears throat> Michael Irvin's a friend of mine. Right? So that kind of stuff gets in the way a little bit. So Angelo, I thought, again, he says it was time for him to go. You'd rather go on on top, man, than be thrown out. That's how I look at it. Kudos to him. Kudos to that market for how long you tolerated it. Over 33 years he was on the air. I bow to that, too, because he is truly one of the best. Tony Bruno is probably the most entertaining talk show host in the history of Philadelphia. But Angelo and Howard are right there as well. You guys have a great weekend. Tone, you have a spectacular one. Thank you so much, my friend. Xander, I thank you. Big Joe, we really appreciate it. I know it was a tough week. Hey, we're going to get into the combines and start looking at the draft next week. Combines are already here on the 27th. We start talking about the NFL combines in Indianapolis. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday going three to six. We'll see you on the flip side. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.